real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Hello, this is Sarah St. John with the Frugalpreneur Podcast, and today we have Mark from Draft Digital. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Sarah. Thanks so much. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about Draft to Digital and how you help uh, self-published authors and how you got started? Sure. One of the ways I like to describe it is because a lot of authors have heard about Smashwords because they were the first one on the scene. So uh, a lot of ways we kind of say, well, very much like Smashwords, but with an up-to-date, cleaner interface and really great free tools. (laughs) There's no meat grinder. What we do is it's a free tool that allows authors the ability to take a Word document and get it converted into EPUB and uh, Mobi formats. So EPUB is the standard for the rest of the world and Mobi is the EPUB that uh, Kindle uses. And you can either use draft digital for distribution, or you can just use it for conversion, download it, and then go take it away. It's yours. There are no strings attached. If you use draft digital for conversion, you can choose to use them for one or multiple players. And so you can publish to all the other platforms. You can get to Kindle, you can get to Nook, you can get to Apple Books, you can get to Kobo, and you can get to library systems. I should say uh, there are some smaller uh, retailers that aren't as well known in, in, in the U.S., for example, like Tolino, but they are big in Germany. But the library systems are huge. So Overdrive, Baker & Taylor, Biblioteca, and places like that. So you can use draft to digital for distribution as well. It's completely up to you how you do it, uh, where you want to distribute to. And it, the tools are free. And the way that you know, just to be transparent, the way that draft to digital makes money is they keep 10% of what you would make had you gone directly. So, you you know, you can go direct to most of these platforms. And, uh, you know, if you go direct to Kindle, for example, and your book's priced between $2.99 and $9.99, you get 70%. Or if you go through draft to digital, you're basically getting 60% because draft to digital shaves 10% off, gives you the 60 and And that's where draft to digital makes money. And so a lot of people will decide between the convenience of one push one button and publish everywhere to save time or or wanting direct control and direct access. So you can't do Amazon ads, for example, if you're not publishing directly. Kobo has its own self-publishing platform and, and they're very particular about wanting to only give promotions or the majority of the promotions to directly published authors. And so there's reasons uh, you may want to do that, but there's other reasons why it can be convenient for basically your your publishing empire is the larger it gets just having a one or two books is relatively easy for you to go in and manage things but if you're trying to manage a multiple uh, promotion and you have to log into six different places or seven different places sometimes the time uh, factor can be confusing draft digital for example has a built-in price um, change tool so you can set price changes in advance and schedule them so you don't have to be sitting there like, for example, direct with uh, Amazon, 
you have to sit there at close to midnight the day before your promo or whatever and push the button and hope that it gets down right in time. And then you have to go back in and change it when you want it to go back to regular price. Whereas with draft to digital uh, has an account with all of these places, just like a publisher does so that the metadata can be sent in advance. And I think one of the other things why people may want to choose to use a dis- distribution platform like draft to digital is uh, those publishing empires, those uh, as you have more and more titles and you want to spend more time writing A lot of people will hire virtual assistants to take care of parts of their business. Now, you uh, have to give them a login. And often, if you give them your login to a platform, they can have access your banking information and your tax information and your sales. And maybe you only want them to access your metadata and update and do price changes or or upload titles for you. And so Draft2Digital has account sharing that allows you to have a master account that has control of everything. And then you can assign people roles, as in they can only have access to update metadata, or they can only see sales data. So let's say you're having someone who's doing sales tracking for you, or or maybe you have a literary agent that just needs to have access to your sales because they're going to use that to try and get you a deal on a split right property that you have, for example. So those those are some of the reasons why other people may use an aggregator like Draft2Digital just for the security that it gives them. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that you could assign someone to just have access to certain parts of it. I actually have a couple books right now. Um, I'm going to be having a third one here pretty soon, but that's distributed through Draft2Digital. But I didn't realize that. I mean, I don't have a, a VA or anything right now, <laughs> but that's good to know for future reference if I need Yeah, to. I mean, as, as things change, right? Like, you you may be you know busier writing more books or doing other things, <laughs> running podcasts, all the things that you do, and then a VA can just take care of even if they're just taking care of a couple tasks, they can at least go uh, check. Yeah, it's relatively easy to set up, and not a lot of people remember that that extra little uh, bonus feature that's built into the tool. Now, is Draft Digital just for self published authors, or can traditional authors use the platform as well? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. So, for publishing. Traditionally published authors uh, can use it. So, for example, what's more and more common these days is hybrid publishing, where an author may have sold their rights to a publisher, but maybe they only sold North American rights. But with draft to digital when you publish, because of the distribution through all of those players, you're basically, your book is available in 170 countries. Well, let's say you sold the rights to an American publisher that only bought North American rights. So they're only publishing your book into the US and Canada. So they have print rights and ebook rights. Well, you still own the rights to the rest of the world. So you could use draft digital and not publish to Canada and the US because your publisher is doing that, but you have the other edition. Now, I have a good friend in Canada here, Robert J. Sawyer. He's a science fiction writer, and he had a deal with Penguin Random House for his latest novel. And he's an international best-selling science fiction author who has won every major science fiction award and major science fiction awards in in China and Spain and all over the world. So he has audiences around the world, but Random House only bought North American rights. So he, he had the uh, Quantum Night was his novel. You know, Penguin Random House published that one. And then Rob made an international edition that he only published everywhere else. And so you can go in and do the territorial restrictions. But other free tools you can use. And again, you don't need to use Draft Digital for distribution. And I am a, I'm a hybrid author. I have some books uh, that are uh, traditionally published. And I have other books that are self-published. It's sort of a 50-50 split, depending on what I write. But books to read, so that's books, the number two, read.com, is a free tool. If you publish through Draft2Digital, you're automatically given 
a universal book link for that book. And the reason that that's important is it gives you a single link that will link you to all the retailers and it'll automatically put geo-targeting in. So for example, if I click on the Amazon link from books to read, it'll take me to amazon.ca in Canada. It'll take you to amazon.com in the US. I'd take somebody in the UK to Amazon uh, UK uh, as well. But it'll also, uh, there's a link to Kobo, there's a link to Apple. And, and again, they also have geo-targeting. So that's one of the features that's built in. But you can also take any book anywhere, no matter how it's published, and create a universal book link for it. So for me, I have all my self-published titles and my traditionally published titles, and you can vanity name the URL. So I can say for one of my self-published titles, you can go to bookstory.com slash a Canadian werewolf in New York, which is the name of one of my, my humorous thrillers, or you can go and go to bookstory.com slash haunted hospitals for one of my traditionally published titles. And again, see the links to all the different places. So that's, again, another free tool you can use, whether or not you're self-published or whether you're traditionally published. And I think a lot of people might be wondering when they use a distrib uh, distribution channel, if they still hold the ownership and the copyright and I, and, and they do, but I wanted you to go into oh, yeah. that a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for asking. And, and that's a very common question. So whether you publish directly Kindle, Kobo, one of the other platforms, or you're publishing through drafted digital to these platforms, what you are assigning is you're allowing drafted digital to distribute your books to the retailers and you own all the rights. You are the publisher, you are the owner, you're the creative controller. We actually ask you to confirm, yes, you either are the owner or you have the right to do it on their behalf. So for example, this may be somebody who's logged into your account and is doing it on your behalf. That that could be uh, an example of that. Or technically uh, children who, who've written something and their parents are proud and they want to publish it. Technically, you actually have to be an adult. Uh, so if you're you know under uh, 19 or whatever, you, depending on the state, you know the parent is the one who's doing it on behalf of the of the creative artist who's written the, who's written the work. So no, you 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 retain full control and you can delist it or remove it at any time. You can change the price at any time. Those are all just part of part of the process. But it's a great question because a lot of a lot of a lot of authors and publishers have that question: Is am, am I giving you the publishing rights? I should also say. If you bring your own ISBN, great, that's fine. Or you can use one that Drafted Digital purchases for you. Drafted Digital buys them in bulk and therefore can afford to give them to you without charge. Now, ISBNs one by one cost about $125 US. So that could save you some money and significance. And, and people often ask, yeah, but but then technically I'm not the publisher. Well, you know what? It, this is how it's been since 2008, 2009 nobody's, <laughs> it hasn't broken anybody. If they sell a lot of books and they make a lot of money, it's not, oh, darn, I wish that I had purchased that ISBN. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. You, you, all they care about is a great book by an author they love. Mm -hmm. Don't even care how it's published or who published it, really. And also, yeah, I like, one of the things I like about Drafted Digital, like you said, is that it's very user-friendly as far as the interface and just how it looks and getting to the different tabs and being able to read them and all that stuff. And I know you can track sales and you can do promotions. And can you tell us some of the different features once you actually sure. logged in? 
Yeah. So uh, some of the features that I think people uh, forget about. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own writing experience. Now, I used to work for Kobo and I created their self-publishing platform, Kobo Writing Life. So I'm a little bit partial to, to that one. And I'm, I'm here in Canada. And I've uh, long published directly to Kindle through Kindle Direct Publishing. And I still publish most of my books directly to Kobo through Kobo Writing Life. But then I use draft to digital to publish everywhere else just for the convenience, except for Google. Google, it's almost impossible to use a third party. It, you have to jump through all these hoops. So you can now, every author can publish directly to Google. And that's probably the, the easiest way to do it. It used to not be easy. But what, what I do is I usually use draft digital for conversion because they have a really clean interface. They have built-in templates. And so with the templates, you can actually have drop caps and little cute, cute header images and things like that. And so that just helps with some of the design to make it look good. And you can download that and upload that wherever you want. So I usually use draft to digital convert my stuff and then upload that EPUB to Kindle and to Kobo and to wherever I'm going with it. That way I have a very consistent look and feel. And then I use the automated built-in tools. So there's automated back matter that you can build on an EPUB. And so the automated back matter can be the universal book links. It can be a recommendation. So when somebody finishes this book, you can say, did you like X? You might like Y. And the automated back matter will allow you to choose which book you want to put in there. And it'll, it has a template that puts the book cover and the, and the synopsis that you'd punted in. And so some of those features can just save you time with the automated back matter. Every time you update your book, it's automatically going to send that. Now in that back matter, draft to digital sends a file to Kindle. It sends only the Kindle links and it sends it to Apple. It sends only the Apple links, uh, Nook, Ecoba, all the other retailers are the same way. So that's one of the cool features. The other thing is once you have a book there, and, and the reason I go back to, to me using multiple platforms is I start with draft to digital. And then once my book is set up, if you, if you're looking at your, my books and you click on the book cover, it takes you to a special metadata page. And on the metadata page, you can click a little button that'll automatically copy that metadata to your clipboard. So when you're going to enter, if you're going to go and enter it in multiple places, it saves you keystrokes in time where you can just copy the title, copy the subtitle, copy the series title, copy the synopsis, copy the whatever. And, and then that way, when you're, you're, you're wanting to check that you have consistent data. So let's say you've, you've paid a really great service to update your, your blurb, your description to make it sound better and more appealing so that it compels people to buy. Well, you can go and do it in draft to digital first, then hit the little copy button and then, and then copy that metadata so you can have it, you know, pasted into your other platform. So that's, that's one of the other tools that I think people aren't, maybe aren't aware that they can use that are pretty handy. And I'm all for things that save me time. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. So that helps to know. <laughs> I'm learning. I use draft digital and I'm learning things that I didn't know. So um, am I. So am I. And I didn't I didn't even know about that until I started working for draft digital a year well, and a half ago. How did I not know this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do there? Like what's your position? Oh. My role is director of business development. So I am uh, I fortunately get to work with a lot of the partners and talk to people about what are the things we can do and build for authors? Who are the people we can play with who can do really cool things? So one of the meetings I had earlier today, the day that we're recording this, is a meeting with Apple. And we were looking at uh, some of the forthcoming trends and sales and some of the promotions that we're doing with Apple and and just just sort of a touch base. And we do those sorts of things with our with our retail and library partners. 
you know, d- discussing with Overdrive some forthcoming promotions through libraries and things like that. But then also talking to other partners out there, like uh, you know, Bookbrush, that you know, uh, offer tools that authors can can make really cool advertising, marketing images without having to be a, a graphic designer, or or Vellum, you know, which is a really fantastic Apple-based conversion tool that a lot of authors use. Or what are the things we can do? who are using both their services to help save authors time and money. I think one of the perfect examples, and I can't take any credit for this because they, uh, Draft Digital did this before I joined in uh, 2018, but the partnership with uh, Findaway Voices for audiobooks. So if you want an audiobook and and you want it distributed wide, you can click a button in Draft Digital and it'll port your uh, metadata, it'll port your metadata for that title over to Findaway Voices. If you don't have an account, it takes two seconds to set one up and it'll save you having to re-enter all that data. The other thing that this partnership does is Findaway Voices is a platform similar to ACX, except it's not all exclusive to Amazon. And it allows you either the ability to upload your own audiobook if you've if you've professional professionally produced one, or to find a narrator. And unlike ACX, which is uh, a complete open RFP, you post your job, and then you know hundreds of people from anywhere in the world can can bid on it. At Findaway Voices, they do have thousands of narrators around the world, but a project manager internally is assigned, and they will assign you they usually recommend five to 10 specific voices that have been vetted based on your parameters. And so they charge a setup fee for, for doing that. It's $49. But if you go through draft to digital, the $49 is waived because they're a partner of ours. And that's one of the benefits. So we're always looking for how can we benefit authors by saving them time, saving them money or saving them or helping them sell more. Uh, so that that's the kind of and and I'm lucky I get to do that remotely here from Waterloo, Ontario, the Draft Digital Canadian office. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that it was in Canada. <laughs> no, no, Draft Digital is in Oklahoma. So oh, okay. It's, it's, it's an Oklahoma company, and the majority of there's about 20 employees there, and I think uh-huh. 16 of them are based in Oklahoma City. Now, obviously, everyone's working from home right now when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. At the, beginning of April 2020. But I am their one Canadian employee. And so I, I work from home in Waterloo. Our, our ch- chief technical officers in Seattle. And then of course, Kevin Tomlinson, who is out, does a lot of author events like I do. He lives uh, in Texas as well. And and I think we have a couple other remote employees who, who just mostly work from home. And then people can set up pre-orders within Drafted Digital. Is that right? Yeah, that's great. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And assetless pre-orders, meaning you don't have to have a dummy EPUB file. You can you can upload the file and we will port it over to the retail partners. However, we will we will uh, nag and hassle you and warn you, hey, it's two weeks before your, your publication date. You should submit your final file. Are you ready to go? Uh, now, the cool thing is, is most of the distributors that we uh, publish to are very forgiving. And if you have to move your publication date, it's not the end of the world. Amazon, unfortunately, they're, they're a little bit more forgiving than they used to be, but they tend to be a little bit more stringent on that. So we, we caution you to give yourself some buffer time. You know, if you have to get stuff back from your cover designer, from your layout person, from your editor, depending on which professionals you're hiring and how, give yourself some extra buffer time. Something that you think is going to take 12 days could take 18 days. You never know, right? So always, always plan for that. 
Yeah, for my first book, I had a release date and then I had to push it back a couple of weeks. So it was nice that in Drafted Digital, I didn't have to worry yeah, about being able to change that. Because, yeah, with Amazon. So what I do is I, I publish through Amazon directly mm-hmm. and then everything else I do through Drafted Digital. So Excellent. fortunately, I, I hadn't set up. What was the situation there? I hadn't set up a pre-order, I think, in Amazon because I think I had read about that. Probably and I was you glad played it I safe. hadn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to wait until just a couple of weeks out. Now, now, and this is an important factor for authors who are interested in selling beyond just the world's biggest bookstore, like you know, outside of the U.S. and the U.K. and in Canada and Australia and throughout Europe, is retailers like Kobo and Apple. And as one of the other things that we were talking about with Apple is they're constantly looking six to twelve weeks into the future at forthcoming releases because a lot of uh, they actually have staff they have at Kobo and Apple they have merchandisers people who are booksellers at the company who are looking at books the same way that a, an independent bookstore or a chain bookstore will be looking at book catalogs and planning features for May and June and July and so for example right now through draft to digital we're, we're um, soliciting titles for feel good uh, feel good reads uh, for an Apple uh, promo. And they're just looking for books that are feel goods. So they have to have a happy ending. They're mostly looking for sweet romance and happy ending literary or fiction or contemporary fiction titles and cozy mysteries. They don't want things too suspenseful or terrifying. <laughs> they, want, they want the ones that just make you feel warm and cozy. And so we don't have that built into the platform yet, but we're working on it right now. It's a manual process. We have like an external form and we're hoping to build that by the end of 2020, build that into the promotions tab on the dashboard. And right now, so when we have promotions like that available, our customer service team is aware of them. So if somebody says, hey, are there any Apple promos? They can send them to the link where the author can can kind of fill that out. So it's it's kind of manual on our end, and it's manual on the author's end. But but at least we have the the means to solicit for promos like that. And every once in a while, we don't usually have a lot of lead time. If we have a lot of lead time, we we try to send those out and blast emails to <laughs> to people to let them know about it. But that's yeah, that's another benefit of long lead times and long pre orders, particularly on those other platforms. And I like also how. You can do promotions within Draft Digital, like set it up for a certain, if you know that you're going to be doing one of those five-day Kindle things, you can match it yeah. with Draft Digital, like oh, uh, for a free period or 99 cent. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like the countdown, you can you can do that and you can set it up and stagger it. So, for example, I'm working with a friend right now that has a, a book bub coming up. And the price change. Uh, so publishing direct to Amazon and publishing uh, everywhere else through draft to digital. <laughs> and uh, so the price change, you have to log in at Amazon the day of the promo or the day before, make the price change, and then make sure you put in your calendar to go back and change it after the five days is over or whatever you're doing it. But I love on draft to digital. I just, because again, I have a, an account uh, where I can have access to go and change a price for them. I can just log in set a promotion, say, okay, start on the 6th and end on the 14th. We're done. <laughs> I don't right. have to worry about, I don't have to worry about it. Draft Digital is taking care of that. So it gives me peace of mind, but I was like, whoops, no, on the, on the 15th, the day the promo's over, I have to go log on to Amazon and change the price. So that again, saves time and, and anxiety. 
And I also like how with Drought to Digital, it's so easy to make changes. Like if you're updating a book, you can just re-upload it. If you have a new cover, you can just re-upload it. If you need to delist it for a little bit so that you can use the Amazon, like say you enroll on Amazon's Kindle and yeah, yeah, KDP, KDP. Selectware, <laughs> you know, so the different things that you can do, unlist and then relist and change covers and change update the book or change the pricing, just anything really, it lets you do it. Yeah. And there's notifications and you can set your preference for notifications, but you know, we notify you when the book is published to a particular platform or when, when your updates have actually made it <laughs> downstream, right? Because we have so many different channels to send to that usually the bigger players, right? So Apple and Kobo and Amazon and stuff like that, they, they react very, very quickly. And then some of the other players may take a little bit longer. So, for example, Hoopla, yeah. we added uh, titles to Hoopla oh, six months ago now. And and they're still not through the giant backlog because we sent them so many titles. It's almost like we're wondering if they're reading the books one by one before they <laughs> can probably read them faster than they can load them. <laughs> and I also heard that y'all are going to start offering... Is it a print-on-demand service? Oh, is yeah. that Yeah, D2D Print. So anyone who's listening, again, this is early April of 2020. We're recording this. So D2D Print has been in beta for a long, long time. And we have a partner through IPG, so Independent Publishers Group. They are a major distributor for independent publishers in the U.S., so actual small press publishers, thousands of them. They're probably one of the largest distribution platforms for many small publishers. And they're our partner. And they also have print-on-demand facilities, but then they also partner with Ingram, the world's largest wholesaler. And so in a nutshell, when you use D2D Print, uh, I'd like to uh, compare it to Ingram Spark because I think Ingram Spark for independently published authors is, is a phenomenal tool. It's almost like the Cadillac of print-on-demand options. Amazon has KDP Print, but... I like to call their extended distribution program, pretended distribution, because they're great for Amazon, but they're not so great for most of the other platforms because they're going to, it's non-returnable, short discount, plus other bookstores may not want to buy from the enemy that's trying to crush them and put them out of business. That's the perspective that independent bookstores have of Amazon. Trust me, I used to run one. So... Uh, <laughs> With D2D print compared to Spark. So Spark is a great way to get your book broadly distributed, you know, so it's available through uh, Barnes & Noble online, through Books A Million, through Chapters Indigo in Canada, WH Smith in UK, all of these different retailers. Any independent bookstore in the world practically can order books from Ingram or special order them. Now, with Ingram Spark, you have a choice of about 30 different trim sizes. You can do black and white or color. You can do hardcover and, you know, different paperbacks. And on drafted digital, our D2D print program is kind of like Ingram Spark Lite, or it is to Ingram Spark's Cadillac slash Lamborghini. It is a Ford Focus. Now, it will get you there. It's comfortable. It's reliable. It's always going to do things for you. But it's only going to have maybe 12 choices, not 35. And you can't do hardcovers yet. And you can't do uh, color yet. You can only do black and white interiors. And so, and you can't control the discount. It's a 40% standard trade discount. So you can't slide it around like you can on Ingram Spark. However, it's 100% free to use. So just like KDP print is free. And if you want an ISBN, we'll give it to you for free. <laughs> so, and, oh, not only that, here's the other cool thing. 
is if you do not have a full cover design, a full cover wrap, let's say you you paid a cover designer, you got a really beautiful cover, but now you're stuck because you don't have the means to pay someone to do a full cover wrap or 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 it's just extra hassle to do the cover wrap. You upload the high resolution front cover and we'll take care of automatically doing the spine, the wrap for you. Right now it's very simplistic. I can kind of I know I know this is a audio feed, but I'm going to show you. This was a book that was only done in ebook that I had done, Snowman Shivers. And so this is the cover that was designed. I didn't have a back cover, so I just used the automatic feature and it automatically takes it. Now, what you can see, the text is not very fancy, but who cares? Because it, it, you're only going to really see the front cover online. And it does the mm -hmm. trick. It, take, it wraps around using a generic cover. It takes your metadata, takes your author photo, uploads that there. You can still tweak it. We are going to be making it a little, bit more, a little bit more custom control. But we have to make sure that it fits within the parameters. And it always looks good. It's always lined up. And so D2D, &D, we were in beta for a while. And based on the feedback from our users in the beta program... There were a lot of people who were exclusive with their ebooks to Amazon, but they still wanted to use DDD print for print. And so our initial process for setting it up was you set up your ebook. And then if you want an audiobook, you click here once you get to that step and we'll help you with our partner Findaway Voices. And then there was another step with our partner IPG. If you want a print book, click here. However, there was a significant number of users in our beta program who didn't want their ebook and didn't have an ebook, they just wanted the print book from us. And so we realized that as great as our setup was, we should we should split them and not make it all part and parcel because we, we don't want authors to have to do more than they have to. So if they just want a print book, they can go in and do a print book or they can do them simultaneously. And so there's there's pieces of shared metadata, but you can also split them. So maybe you want your your ebook to to have one particular thing and then the print the print book's going to be different. And so just in late March, we rolled out a significant change to our platform, probably the biggest change to the platform since we launched it. And so if you go back in to make any changes or updates, you'll notice it's slightly different. So instead of just saying your book, we specify your ebook, your print book. We specify where your book is published and we have little icons for print and ebook as well, as well as audio. So if you've sent stuff over to find a way, you can click there and easily get over to find a way to edit it. And, and what we started to do is all of the people who are on the D2D print waiting list we we wanted to turn it on. We waited a week to make sure that nothing broke, that our beta users could use it and our regular users because we had to change the overall interface slightly. Kevin Tumlinson did some amazing videos, walkthroughs of the new process, which is fantastic and helping a lot of people. But then what we did is then we rolled the next hundred or so people on the waiting list the week after. And so what we're we doing is every week we'll just be rolling more and more people in until... We don't overwhelm the system with everyone. We, we eventually get to a point where anyone who wants in the beta program, you know, it doesn't have to be beta anymore. We could just turn it on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I love it. I've, I've used, I've been doing print on demand books since 2004, mm -hmm. back before Ingram Spark existed. So I've got a lot of experience and knowledge with print on demand. And I'm now not even bothering to do, use some of the other places. I'm just going right from D to D print because, uh, you know, the, the, the earnings is relatively the same. It's going to be a little bit higher, a little bit lower sometimes than Amazon or, or, or Ingram spark, but it's free to use. And I'm already in there anyways. And I think I push a button and now my print books out there. 
and I don't have to worry about tracking it on four different platforms. <laughs> I can just right. use one. So that's been, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about D2D print. And even the, it's amazing the amount of growth that we've seen, even from just our beta users. It's been pretty exciting. And and I've I've gone in and taken stuff that I've only had available in ebook because I never bothered to have a cover design for the front, the full thing. And now I can do these, you know, 10,000 word little mini books. And now I have something really cheap to sell. If we ever go out in public again, I do a lot of comic cons and book fairs. Now I have like $5 books as opposed to the, <laughs> the more expensive ones so that there's more choices for the people who aren't, they want to kick the tires and maybe not want to spend a lot and check me out. So mm-hmm. um, I love that ability now. So then can you send it to Amazon? Like, so oh, would you even really need to do the Amazon print yeah, on demand? That's, that's a great question. You can still go direct to Amazon. I mean, it's it's always in your hands. Now, what, what we do is our partner, IPG, what we do is we, they split the file and they send it to Amazon. And then they send it basically through in, what is basically the back end of Ingram distribution, that which is how it gets to, to wide distribution because IPG is a major partner of, of Amazon's. And so right now, there is no ability to not send it to Amazon. But if it's the same ISBN, Amazon's just going to ignore it anyways. <laughs> so if you're, if you're publishing direct through KDP Print, you could use this as an alternative to get everywhere else. In the future, I, I imagine it'll probably get a little bit more sophisticated. And that's, again, while we're in the beta program as we're testing things out. So right now, it automatically sends it to Amazon and IPG, and there's no control over where it goes or whatever. It's just everywhere. In the future, we'll probably try to fine-tune that. Similarly, author copies are a challenge for anyone outside the U.S., so for me in Canada, author copies cost uh, a ridiculous amount of money to ship them over the border. If you're in Australia, you may as well rent a private jet. Go get your books. It's the, it's ridiculous. So what we are looking at is exploring ways we can find ways to get author copies for people outside of the U.S. I think IPG can handle author copies relatively well internally in the U.S., but outside the U.S., not so much. So that's, again, one of the one of the tasks I've been challenged with is trying to find partners who can turn things around in a, in a sufficient way. And so we're still, we're still working on that. And, and again, that may be part of the beta phase until we can iron those things out, make it easier for authors, and then let everyone have it. So our beta users in many ways are often champions, right? Those, those brave souls who dare go into uncharted territories <laughs> and risk you know, risk having weird looking things happen to their books, but not necessarily and not weird things. But, you know, when it's not working 100% the way we want it to yet, that's that's kind of why it's in beta. Yeah, I guess I missed that announcement to get into the beta group. So. Well, just remind me <laughs> to there... send you the link. You, I mean, and, oh, and okay. so I'm going to send you the link after we finish the, the chat, but email support at drafttodigital.com and say, hey, can you put me on the print beta? And I think in the announcement, when we did a pop-up, when we changed it on, the, I think, March 24th, the pop-up that came, hey, we've made changes, here's some information, oh, click here if you want to be in the print beta. Like So so we showed it to everyone, <laughs> and so a number of people did click on it. A lot of people, when they see those pop-ups, they go dismiss and, because they're, they're there to do something else, right? Like when you go to Facebook, you're there to look at mm-hmm. cat videos, not to sign up for someone's <laughs> News group. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the only good uh, reason to have Facebook at this point are all the whole videos. <laughs> all, the, all the fun cat videos and stuff like yeah. that. 
Uh, and so with the pricing on those print books, you said it was comparable. Like, like my books are around the 10,000 word range. They're small ones. And so like, for example, on Amazon to get a print one made up, I think it's like two bucks or two fifty or something. It's going to be comparable. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because they're all based on the same parameters, right? How many pages is it? What's the raw cost? And so mm-hmm. all of these places, Amazon, Ingram, IPG, they're all using very similar technology. So it's going to be within pennies a page. In some cases, it might be, you know, a few cents more. In some cases, it might be a few cents less. I mean, I look at something like, so again, the snowman shivers, I do make more money off the ebook. Well, actually, the ebook is free on most platforms. <laughs> so <laughs> it, free on Amazon in the US, maybe not everywhere else because they're only price matching where they want a price match. But for the print book, I'm not really making a lot off the print book. The print book to me is 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 almost like not a loss leader because I am making money if I sell it. I, if I sell it off of Amazon or through through one of the you know chapters Indigo or WH Smith or Barnes & Noble, yeah, I make money off of it. I make way more money off of a $5 ebook though, (laughs) right? Because I get to keep 60 or 70% of it. But again, I'm making money. I'm not making negative money when I sell one. So I look at it as if somebody wants the print version, they can have it and I can make either 50 cents or $1.50 or whatever it happens to be. I think when I print them myself, if I do them in the right way and the shipping is proper and I amortize the shipping across, I actually make a little bit more when I sell them myself. Uh, or I also use a local printer. Uh, and so I don't have to pay for shipping. And my local printer costs me more per unit, but I don't have to pay shipping. <laughs> and so, mm. so maybe that's mm-hmm. an extra 40 cents per unit that's in my pocket. So, but again, I love having, uh, I'd like to have my work available in as many formats as I can. So if a consumer wants to consume my writing, they can consume it where and how they want on any e-reading device through a library, listen to it, read it in print. You know, however, mm-hmm. um, you know, it holographs in the future. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and so any kind of timeline, do y'all think, for having that available to everybody for the print on demand? Uh, I fully suspect it'll it'll be a, a matter of months now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, basically, it's going to get to a point probably in a month or two that anyone who wanted to be in the beta print program can be in the beta print program. Mm-hmm. I, I almost mm-hmm. like I almost like that only because authors want it and ask for it and then get in. And so they know that they want it. It, It's almost like, and it's the model when you think about books that are free, you know, oh, I got this book. And so it's free. So I downloaded it to my Kindle, but I never opened it because it cost me nothing. And I forgot about it. Well, if I paid 99 cents, at least I put some energy into it. Therefore, I might actually use it. (laughs) I might actually read it. And so, so maybe there's something to be said for you know, having access to something uh, that's new and exclusive. I mean, I remember I worked at a university bookstore when Facebook came out initially. You couldn't be on Facebook unless you had an academic institution email address. So it was me and a bunch of kids uh, who were on Facebook in the in those days. But there was something about having access to something that it, it made you want to take advantage of it. He's <laughs> like, oh, I can do this. Before. I mean, I had a Gmail account in the early days when it was invite only. And then you can get 10 invites for your friends. I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. those days. <laughs> I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. It feels forever ago. Now, now everybody has Gmail. It's pretty yeah. much <laughs> standard. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate your time. You've answered all my questions. Is there anything else you wanted to go over? No, you've asked some amazing questions. Thank you. You reminded me of stuff that I forgot that we even had. So thank you for that. I would say that if anyone has any questions or problems, 
one of the things that differentiates us is uh, the people, right? I, there's 20 people that work for Drafts Digital. They're all amazing people. I left the corporate world. I was working at Cobo. I left the corporate world because I didn't want to go to one, into an office and I, yeah, I didn't want to deal with have to deal with the daily politics. I just wanted to be a free writer, free free society kind of guy. I went to work with Draft to Digital because I love these guys and I respect them and I love what they've done for authors. I knew them for years because I worked alongside them when I was at Kobo. And our customer service team, Tara, who's the director of, of that operation, and her team are amazing people. They will talk to you on the phone. They will respond to you. And a lot of times we will just walk people through the title setup. Kevin has these amazing videos, but if you need help and you just want to talk to someone, I've never seen a customer service team so committed to actually caring for authors. And I'm proud that I get to work with these people. So if uh, people are confused or they're frustrated, they have questions, do not hesitate to reach out. Support at draftdigital.com or if you go to draftdigital.com, there's a there's a phone number, toll-free phone number from most places in the continental North America that you can call in and chat with us. And just so people know, that's draft the number two digital.com, not draft. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the the books to read is books the number two read. So <laughs> yeah, it's part it's part of our, our part of our energy. Um, it, 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 we built we built that into a lot of our. <laughs> lot of yeah, our, I like it. It's cute. I like the little logos with yeah, the. I I was calling myself because nobody can ever pronounce Lafave. I sometimes just call myself Mark to Digital. It's probably oh. easier. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it either, so I didn't even bother. I didn't mess with Mark Two Digital. That's probably easier if you do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looked like on that book that you held up that it was under Mark Leslie. So I guess yeah, I uh, that's my middle name, Leslie, and so I've I've always written fiction under that name um, because nobody Uh can pronounce or spell Lafave. So. So uh-huh. that's that's why I did that. <laughs> yeah, that book is I'm more of a nonfiction reader, but that book kind of looks interesting. Or and the one you were talking about about the haunted haunted hospitals, yeah, one of my yeah, traditions. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I I'm, I do nonfiction with uh true ghost story books with with Canada's largest independent publisher, Dundurn. Oh, so that was I'll have to know, check was, those yeah. out. They're they're a lot of fun to write, that's for sure. <laughs> Because my favorite movie genre is horror, so that might. And if you're a that... book nerd, Tomes of Terror, I, I'm partial to because it's it's haunted bookstores and libraries. That was wow. that was one of my favorites. And it, and again, most of mine are Canadian content, but the hospitals and the the haunted bookstores and libraries is thirty percent Canadian, thirty percent American, thirty percent rest of the world. <laughs> Speaking of haunted and bookstores, it reminds me. Um, about a decade ago, I was in San Diego and I went into a Borders back when they existed. Yep. And they're now ghosts. I, yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and I, I needed to use the bathroom, and I think you had to buy something or I, anyway, I forget. Somehow, I had to get one of those key things to be able to okay. use the bathroom. Yeah. A skeleton so go, key, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to add some sound effects to this, like the yeah. <laughs> but so I was in the bathroom and I could have I could swear that the and this was before automatic sinks or whatever. It was like a real sink, you know, where you'd yeah, turn yeah. the handle and it turned on by itself Oof. while I was in there. And oh, I was man. and I think some other weird things happened, like the lights went off. I don't know. 
It was. See, I, I wish I'd known about that for the my haunted bookstore book. That would have been a good. One. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the ghost that wanted you to wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really applicable right now, especially. Yep. <laughs> it was a prophecy. <laughs> uh, well, I've had fun with this interview, and thanks so much for your time. And I'm going to check your books out as well. So. <laughs> well, you know, you can always start with bookstoread.com/slash haunted hospitals. Click on my name and. It'll show you all my books at all the retailers. Sarah. Isn't that oh. isn't that a great tool that Draft Digital <laughs> makes available for authors? It is. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.